Thank you so much. That was a beautiful song. You know, there was a line in that song that really hit me. My heart can't contain the weight of your name. And, you know, let me just explain that to you a bit. Because in the Bible, names meant something. They weren't just a designation that I knew it was Donna, not Susan. It was... it represented who the person was. The weight of God's name means the awesomeness, the fullness of who he really is. And, you know, to be, to, to get that kind of glory, we can't contain that. Uh, Moses' face shone when he saw just the backside of God. And we have an awesome God who we cannot comprehend just how great he is. And, you know, we had a wonderful time of prayer this morning at 9.30. It was a little different. Carolyn Drake was leading it. And she started it off. Ordinarily, we started off, we introduce, we can pray, and, you know, we off to the races. We all start praying. But she introduced God doing something in her life and explained how God sets us up and I think it was in 2013 you went back to? In 2013, God started setting Carolyn up for something and carried her through that. And it's just now that she is seeing a lot of the fruition of what he did eight years ago now. God always has the long view of your life. He always has the long view. He always sees the destiny and the destination that he's chosen. And over the next several months, we want to grow as a church, into a greater experience of God's power to change our lives, to heal our bodies, and to restore our souls. And to get there, we need to learn how to listen to God. I thought that song that Jess uh, sang to us about going to the throne room before you go anywhere else, listen to what God has to say about your life and your ministry. Listen to him first before you seek the advice of another. And I want to start in what you might consider an unusual verse for learning how to hear God's voice, and that's in Proverbs 27.7. Why don't we look at that? One who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry, everything bitter is sweet. Now, I think we can all identify with that at some point in our life. I have found myself many times, most times, at the end of a Thanksgiving dinner, so full that I am not even interested in dessert. And I love dessert. But I'm so full, I'm not even interested in it. Then there are other times, I can remember going on camping trips, and hiking all day, and coming back and eating canned sardines on saltine crackers and thinking that this was just manna from heaven. And I don't like sardines. So, obviously, this verse is true. Um, But I don't want to apply this verse to Thanksgiving. I want to apply this verse to spiritual hunger. Where is our hunger? I am 50 years in to endeavoring as best as I can to pursue the things of God. I am still hungry for more. I look at myself today and I say, there is God, there's so much more I see, and I want to experience it. 
And, you know, what, what blessed me about what Carolyn said today, you know, obviously I've known that we grow. I mean, I know that God always has. But sometimes I would be tempted to like, man, I'm 50 years into this. I'm still a stooge. But that's not how God looks at it. God looks at it, no, you're 50 years in and now you're ready. And, uh, you know, that's how we have to look at it. Where you are in your life today is where you are. And God has watched you get to today. And today is preparing you for tomorrow. And that's how God, that's how God works. So when you read the Bible, when you go to Scripture, are you hungry for more in your own life? Or have you settled into a routine? God does not require much from us. He shows up with all the equipment, okay? What he does need from us, and what we do need to bring when we meet him, is a hunger. That's what we need to show up with. Matthew 5, 6, Jesus, this is the Sermon on the Mount, probably the epitome of the teaching of Jesus Christ and his ministry is contained in these three chapters in Matthew. And in Matthew 5, 6, he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. It doesn't say, blessed are those who need righteousness, because that would be everybody, of course, right? It doesn't say, blessed are those who need righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I am hungering and thirsting for more of what Jesus Christ has made available. And my prayer is that you are as well. So let's jump into learning to listen to God with a, with a familiar verse. It's from Acts 1.8. Just before Jesus Christ ascends to sit on the right hand of God, ten days before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, here's what Jesus Christ says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That promise is still out there, okay? That still exists. Jesus said it then. It's been true ever since. That once the Holy Spirit comes upon a man or a woman, they have power. And the normal Christian life should be one of power and deliverance. That should be the normal Christian life. We go through, and over the centuries, Christians have talked about revival. We want a revival. And what people mean when they say revival is, we want to see God really do a work here. Well, from God's perspective, every day you draw breath should be revival. Revival should be, from God's perspective, the normal Christian life. It shouldn't be the unique thing that shows up once or twice a generation. It should be our lives day by day. And the Holy Spirit comes upon every man or woman once they become a Christian, once they are born again. It is the gift of Holy Spirit, called gift because it is not an achievement. If it were an achievement, it wouldn't be a gift. So everyone who calls Jesus Lord and believes that God raised him from the dead has received Holy Spirit. Therefore, according to Jesus Christ, who I would consider to be a good authority on the subject, they have received power. Spirit power, to be exact. The question is not whether we have power. You have power. The question is whether we are hungry to use it, to see it in our lives. And this word power is interesting. 
Most words in English, and of course the New Testament was written in Greek originally, words have a range of meaning. Uh, And you have to sort of understand what is the context here. And I think the best way to understand what power means here, we can understand it as once you receive Holy Spirit, you have received abilities. You have received enablements. You have received capabilities. That's what you get. These are not normal natural abilities. The apostles to whom Christ was speaking already had natural ability. What they were going to receive was spiritual ability. And that's a different component of human existence. And we need to learn how to use it. Now, when a baby is born, it's born, it has, it has two arms, two legs, fingers. It has to learn how to use what is natural to it as a human, right? It doesn't know how to talk when it's born. It doesn't know how to walk when it's born. It needs to learn how to use what is natural to being a human. We need to learn how to utilize what is now natural for us as a son or daughter of God. So what are these spiritual abilities that Christ promised? Well, we learn about this power. We learn about these capabilities, these spiritual abilities in God's Word. They are described in sections of Scripture that are written about you. 1 Corinthians 12.1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, and you notice I put matters next to that. That's a better way to understand this. Now concerning spiritual matters, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. How many have ever heard that God works in mysterious ways? Sure, we've all heard that. We probably how many said it. Yeah, we, we say it. It's not true. It's not true. If God worked in mysterious ways and he wanted to be mysterious, why does he say he does not want us to be uninformed? You want, you're not trying to be mysterious if you're trying to inform people. And if you want to be mysterious, you don't write a big fat book like the Bible. This book, 1 Corinthians, that I just read from, we call this and several others church epistles. And what we mean by that is they were written to Christians. These books were written to people who were Christians, and they reflect the realities of the cross and the resurrection. You know, Leviticus was written by God, right? That's a true book. But the book of Leviticus, as wonderful as it is, does not reflect the realities of the cross, The book of 1 Corinthians does. She liked that. God does not want us uninformed of the new spiritual reality, the new spiritual abilities that we have as Christians. And if you don't know about God's power in your life, you will never reach the promise of God. You know, I can remember when my granddaughter discovered chocolate. (laughs) She was not hungry for chocolate before, (laughs) but then she tasted of it, and now she likes chocolate. She likes fruit snacks. We taste of God's goodness, and we hunger for more. You taste of God's power, you hunger for more. Not just for yourself. We don't seek out God's power for ourselves. We seek it so that we can be Christ to people. We're going to skip down to verse 7 here in 1 Corinthians, where it talks about this power in a very specific way, these abilities that we have. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, To each is given 
the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance or the word of wisdom. Now, we're going to read through this list. And this list has nine separate realities, nine separate abilities or capabilities that are part of the power that Jesus Christ promised. They are not part of our natural abilities. We did not have these from our natural birth. They are part of the additional spiritual enablements that we have been given as Christians. And the word is given. I highlighted it there for you. The way God wrote this, there's only one verb in in this entire long, long sentence. And it's the verb is given. And it's emphasizing something. Everything here is given by God. Everything that we have is given by God. It emphasizes God as the source of this power. So let's read again in verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance or the word of knowledge, or of wisdom, excuse me. And to another the utterance or word of knowledge to, according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to discern between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All of those nine things are governed by, is given by the Spirit. Each of these is given by the Spirit to everyone. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. The Spirit gives... The Spirit empowers. All the heavy lifting is always done by God. Our role is to embrace what God has given. Our goal, our aim is to be hungry for all that God has provided. Now, in this list of nine enablements, one thing that immediately strikes me is that five of them, five out of nine, are about listening to God. Five of the nine refer to God speaking to people, God giving us information. Let's look at these nine realities and see what they do. First, we have speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues builds up the individual, and speaking in tongues is a means of spiritual prayer, and it's a means of spiritual worship. It is really foundational to a walk with God in power, is to speak in tongues. It is the only thing in the Bible that builds up your spirit. We always start with speaking in tongues. And if you have not yet spoken in tongues, you can go to our YouTube page under classes, and you will see a class getting to know God better. I would suggest that you start at the beginning. You know, here's what it looks like. You can st- I would suggest you start at the beginning, but if you say, no, I just want to speak in tongues, you can drop down to session six and seven. Jump right to the chase, if you like, and learn how to speak in tongues. So speaking in tongues, first first of these nine. Then we have interpretation of tongues and prophecy. These two are messages from God to the church. They are to the body of Christ at large, whoever happens to be present at that time. We have them every Sunday at 9.30 at our prayer time. And we're actually also going to close with them this morning. But interpretation and prophecy are messages from God to you as the church. Then we have three that are grouped together. They're called revelation. Revelation is a a Bible word for reveal. 
If you don't know something and I tell you, I have just revealed it to you. If you've never met me and I say, my name is Bob, technically I have revealed my name to you. We don't talk like that, but technically that's what I've done. When God reveals something, that means he's giving you information. And he's giving you information that you do not have by your five senses. It's not something that you could have studied out. This is God giving information to individuals. Remember, interpretation and prophecy, those are spoken to the church. Whereas when God gives a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or discerning the spirits, that he gives directly to you as an individual. Now, he might have a variety of things for you to do with that information, but it's information given to an individual. Now, the last three, faith, miracles, and healings, represent the power of God to bring needed deliverance to people. This, these three are how we carry out things that God has told us. God might tell you something, and it might require a miracle to see it done, or it might require a healing to see it done. Each of us, every Christian man or woman, has all of these nine abilities. And I want to focus on the three revelation manifestations because they are the gateway to seeing deliverance in the church. If you don't start with information from God, we're blind. We don't know what to do. So God doesn't want us walking around without knowing what to do, so he talks to us constantly. Now, most people... Susan, can you hand me that Bible, please? I forgot to bring it up here. Most people consider the Bible to be a thick book, okay? A lot of pages. This is small print, thin pages. Most people consider the Bible to be a thick book, but you know something? It's not thick enough. It's not thick enough to talk about the details of each and every Christian life. I, I, Bob, there's nothing to Bob specifically in this book in Naperville in 2021. All the general principles of life, as well as the true true doctrines about God, Jesus, and salvation, all of these are contained in the Bible, in the written Word of God. But not the specific details of your life, nor the specific details of how God wants you to help others. So first we listen to the Bible, but recognize that the Bible is not all that God has to say to you. In addition to the Bible, God desires to talk to you directly about your lives and your destiny and your mission, what he wants you to do in this world. He does this, the Bible describes this in three ways, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, or discerning of spirits. And the names of them simply describe what God is talking about. If what you need is information, that's word of knowledge. If what you need is wisdom... You know, you might have all the facts. How many of you have had all the facts about a situation and you don't know the choice to make? Yeah, I know everything. I just don't know what to do. Okay, what do you need then? You need wisdom. That's what wisdom is. God can give you information if that's what you lack. God can give you wisdom if that's what you lack. And discerning of spirits is God telling you about the invisible spiritual realm, both on the evil spirit side or on the angelic side or on the spirit that is within a Christian man or a woman. By discerning of spirits, God can show you if somebody is a Christian or not. You can, he can show you his spirit within them. 
In this way, God can inform us of things we need to know that we do not know by our five senses. And this is a critical part of the enablements that Jesus was talking about in Acts chapter 1. And I want to encourage you to seek God's voice. I've just told you what's available. God wants to talk to you. So don't be surprised when he does. And as a matter of fact, God has spoken to each and every person in this room on numerous occasions. We just don't always recognize it. We haven't learned how to pick out his voice. You know, I'm always amazed. We can have, you know, a a group of kids in the back, group of little kids in the back. One cries and one mom knows immediately, that's my kid's voice. That mom has learned to recognize and identify the voice of her baby. We can learn to recognize God's voice. But we have to be listening. We have to be willing to push ourselves to be hungry for more of him. I don't want to go about life with just Bob's abilities. I did that for 17 years. And it didn't work out all that well, I've got to tell you. And a lot of people have done it for a lot more years than I did before they came to Christ. And again, it doesn't work out that well. But God has everything about your heart in his mind. And he knows what to reveal, not only for your own personal blessing, but to help you minister. We often miss what God says because we have not been taught how to recognize his voice. So I'm going to take you through some of the real basics. And I want to help you understand how to recognize revelation. God will give it. You don't have to beg God to talk to you, okay? Just ask him. He has lots to say. Matter of fact, often he says it even if I'm not asking him. God designed your mind. Think about this. God designed your mind to get information, right? How does your mind get information? Well, it has five senses. You can hear it. You can see it. You can smell it. You can taste it. You can touch it. Or, once information is in your head, you can think it. You can bounce it around, right? And put it together. God can give you information that you see, hear, smell, taste, or touch. Or God can introduce thoughts directly into your mind. So when it comes to revelation, when it comes to listening to God, you can see revelation. God can give you an image. God could actually give you a panoramic image if that's necessary, or he might just give you a picture. He might just show you somebody in a wheelchair. Or he might just show you a heart that means something to you. Because, again, God will speak to you in terms that you can recognize and understand. That's why you don't have to worry about that. Like, when I speak to my granddaughter, I speak to her differently than I speak to my daughter. Why? Because Bob is so brilliant, he knows how to adjust what he says to age appropriate, maturity appropriate. God does the same thing. He will speak to you in ways that you will recognize and understand. In the, there's lots of examples of this. Jesus saw Nathanael under a fig tree. Paul saw a man of Macedonia saying, come and help us. He didn't see them with their physical eyes. God showed them a picture, an image. So you can see revelation. You can also hear revelation. And that revelation may be audible to you, but it is seldom audible to anybody else. I can remember one time in particular, I was with another believer. They were asking me a question. And Bob had an answer to that question. And Bob's answer was no. But before I could say no, God quite clearly said to me, yes. 
And it sounded audible to me, but the person I'm talking to heard nothing. I heard that revelation. I changed my answer to yes, by the way. (laughs) No, God, no, no. You might smell revelation. You smell something, even though there's no actual smell in the air. This is often associated with the presence of evil spirits. Once you recognize the revelation, it would disappear. You can taste revelation. God might vision, you know, help you understand by having you taste something. Again, this would have to be specific to you. God has had me taste something bitter in my mouth. Okay, now to me, when God showed that to me, that meant the person I was talking to was harboring bitterness. That, you might not figure that out, so God wouldn't give you that image. He gave it to me because that's, that's how my brain worked. Oh, there's bitterness there. See, God can talk in a variety of ways. You can feel revelation. Now, feeling revelation is most often associated with healing. Sometimes if you're praying for someone, they might feel a tingling or a warmth in the part of their body that's being spoken to. That shows them that God is at work. Sometimes, if you're the one praying for the other person, God could give you what you might call a sympathetic pain. Like all of a sudden, your wrist is you know, out of control hurting. You didn't do anything to your wrist. What is God doing there? He's showing you this person you're praying for needs their wrist prayed for. And if God does that for you, tell them, because it will increase their faith to know that God is there and God cares about them. That's what word of knowledge often does. It shows somebody that God cares about them. God cares about, yeah, God cares about me enough to show Ron that I hurt my wrist. Now I'm ready to get healed. And often that's what God will do. And God can introduce a thought into your head. And this is the most common way that I have received revelation. Uh, And I do this especially when I am praying or when I am reading God's word or preparing a teaching. But it can happen at any time that God just pops a thought in your mind. Don't be so quick to dismiss it when it happens. And I'm sure God has done this to all of us. And if you get that thought pop in your head, rather than dismiss it, why don't you say, God, was that you? Ask him. Because many times we just, because our minds can be very active, right? So sometimes we just brush things away. God tells us we brush it away. Stop for a second, especially if it's an idea that's too good to be your idea, (laughs) which are most ideas. So when I am praying for someone, I ask God what he would like me to do. And his response can contain any of these or a combination of me, combination of them. Trust me, this is easy. This is easy. You know, when I lead people into speaking in tongues, one of the things I stress with them is, this is easy. You might think, speaking a language I've never learned, you call that easy, Bob? Yes, because God is the one who gives you the words to speak. You do, God is the one responsible to talk to you. He's the one responsible to figure out what to say. All you have to do is listen. If you will let God know your hunger to hear his voice, God will work within you. God has already spoken to you. You just might not have recognized his voice yet. And I would like to recommend a short book to you. If you could put up that slide, please. Carolyn, this is called Words of Knowledge by a man named Randy Clark. 
It's 60 pages long. So even those of you who don't like to read, hey, it's 60 pages. And this is perhaps the best introduction that I have encountered on the ways that God talks to his people. Very simple, very easy to understand. And what I've done this morning is just give you an overview, an introduction to, the, to Revelation and to listening to God. I have already recorded a follow-up teaching on Revelation. And this Wednesday, we're going to drop that teaching. And it is titled, Prophesying, Prophecy, and Prophets, which goes a little bit deeper into one aspect of Revelation. Hearing God's voice and recognizing it will change your life. It'll help you understand that God really is interested in you. You might know that intellectually, yeah, because the Bible says God's interested in me. When you start hearing him talk to you, you, that will be more than a doctrine. That will be a reality. I don't want you to leave here with a correct doctrine about revelation. Okay, that's not my goal. I want you to go out and start listening to God. It says in Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you. It is God who works in you, both to will and to work, or to carry out his good pleasure. We have been given abilities by God. What are we going to do with them? What is our response to these abilities? You want to know what a responsibility is? That is your response to your abilities. Let your response be a hunger for more of God in your life. And since we're talking about listening to God, I want to close by hearing from him by way of the interpretation of tongues and prophecies. You're going to bring this mic around, Stephen? So, you know, when we do, when we hear from God in a, in a setting like the church, we always want God to direct it. And there's a couple of ways God can direct it. When we're at our prayer meeting at 9.30, the way we allow it is if somebody is so inspired, they simply speak in tongues and interpret, or they prophesy. When it's a larger meeting like this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask people if you would be blessed to either interpret tongues or prophesy to stand up. So this way, you know, God works in you, you stand up. Third way is God can just work, especially in a very large meeting, God can just work in the person who's leading the meeting and say, okay, call upon Mary Ann. So I call upon Mary Ann. So, but it's always God directed. It might look different to you based on the type of meeting it is, but it's always God directed. So if you would be blessed to either interpret tongues or prophesy, I'd like you to stand up, please, and then uh, I will call on some of you to come up to... Oh, you're going to hold the microphone. Oh, Stephen, you're the best. (laughs) Father God, thank you for this time that we've had together. Thank you for not being silent. That you are not like the mute gods, the dumb idols that don't speak, but you are a God who loves and talks to his children. And I thank you, God, for whatever you've got to say to us and how that will bless us, encourage us, comfort us, inspire us. And I thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Yvonne, could you please wait till Steve gets you? Speak in tongues and interpret, please. Gruto balasta balata balate peluta fasa busta galata gasta galata manata pasoso oshka balata galasta galate minopanasa palo. And no, my children, I give you all your heart's desire. Know whatever you ask for, I've already given it to you. Just reach out and take it. Know that I will never leave you without anything that will not be comfort, love, peace, or joy. Know that I'm a father that will always be there for you because you are my kids. 
I'm there with you each and every moment, front, back, side. I always have you. I'll always be with you. I'll always give you what you need and what you want according to my word. And Susan, can you please prophesy? Trust in me, my people, for I am a faithful God and Father. I will not fail you. I will not disappoint you. I only have good for you. I only have great blessings for you. So seek me. Seek my face. Listen for my voice. And know that I delight to be with you. I delight in answering your prayers. I delight in walking with you. For truly I am your God and I am your Father. And is that Marianne? Okay, can you, Marianne, could you please speak in tongues and interpret? Quesibiadas, lestuere, akento, shodia dantala, abesos, idisas. My little children, I love you very much, and I want to give you all that is in your heart everything that you desire. For the thoughts of your hearts are only a shadow of what I have to offer you that I will give you in the fullness of time. Thank you for believing in me and pushing away from yourself all that doubts my existence. Aldo, are you standing or are you watching kids? Okay, Aldo, could you please bring forth the word of prophecy? For I am the Lord your God, which watches over you and protects you and guides you every step of the way. Have no doubt, for I am your Father, which will bless you nonstop. I am your Father. I love you deeply. And I will never forsake you. And Doug Esmond, could you please close us in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that uh, we are not a mistake, that you have called us out to this day and time, that we can be your children, that we can have fellowship with you, and that fellowship is deep and enriching and that we can lead people to the greatness of your word, that you are always at work in us, and that we have the joy of listening to you and walking out on your instruction. I thank you for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll have a wonderful week listening to your Heavenly Father. I look forward to hearing all the things God has to say. God bless you.